When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL. The Canadians up 3-1 on the crack, and that's late in the second period. Also in the second, Jets leading the Hurricanes 2-0. Connor and Ehlers have the goal there. Now 15 for Kyle Connor on the season. Hurricanes are here on Wednesday to play the Oilers. That's going to be a 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 here on 6.30. Jed, in the third period, Penguins and Flyers 1-1. Crosby has his 15th, and the Lightning lead the Stars 2-zip at the start of the third. Kucherov has his 16th. A little bit later on tonight, we'll start in a few minutes, the Coyotes and the Capitals and and then in an hour, it's the Golden Knights home to the Blues. Monday night football, halfway through the second quarter. Bengals 7, Jaguars 7. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, everybody. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad Reed Wilkins with you. The scoreboard there was presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, light one for the Edmonton Oilers. So obviously, they were off Friday and Saturday. Had a practice yesterday. Practiced again today. Was talking with Bob. Uh, I, I watched the uh, Eagles on the 49ers yesterday. Uh, I got a buddy who's a huge 49ers fan, and he was uh, not feeling so good after the first quarter and then was feeling very good the rest of the game. Man, oh man, the Niners looked great. Just completely took over against Philadelphia. And then the Packers. I know there's a lot of Packer fans, I was going to say, in this neck of woods, but really everywhere. And uh, they did a good job holding off the Chiefs last night. A wild last two minutes in that game. Uh, Kellen, I don't know if you got to see any of that. I know, you, I know you watched the Seahawks, by the way, man. I didn't. I you know didn't who watch the Seahawks football this week? Do you know who I the Seahawks next to? No, don't apologize. Do you know who the Seahawks next two games are against? Oh, they're against real tough. The Forty Niners and then the Eagles. Yeah, I'm not optimistic, my Neither young friend. Neither am I. But you know what? Hey, we've doubted them before, and they've proved us wrong, right? We've doubted them before. They've proved us wrong. I, I, well, true, I, and I've always loved Pete Carroll. Never count him out. But uh, hail Mary time! Here we it's, go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's getting tough. Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. the The end of the Eagles, not the Eagles. Uh, which game am I talking about? Chiefs and Packers. So Mahomes scrambles, gets hit as he's going out of bounds, but not out of bounds, and they flag that for a 50-yard penalty. And then uh, the Chiefs took a deep shot, and there was like obvious pass interference. And remember, they, they there was a time, I guess only for a year, where they could review, they could throw the challenge flag on pass interference like you can in the CFL. Uh, their rules uh, allow for a lot more hand-checking and a lot more contact between the receiver and the defensive back. 
But like the, the the Packers defensive back was going like right over the receiver's back before the ball was getting there. And then I know the commentators were talking about was there pass interference on the Hail Mary to the end zone? You rarely see pass interference on a Hail Mary called. Mm. I suppose by the letter of the law, Travis Kelsey was kind of shoved before the ball was coming there, but there's so much jostling and, and bouncing around that uh, it usually isn't called. But that that hit on uh, Mahomes going out of bounds, so, I mean, there was one each way. So, I, I mean, I'm not taking sides here with the team, but I, I thought those were both... Uh, Awful calls. And probably calls if they were made in the CFL. All the CFL haters would be like, oh, what a terrible league. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, guess what? They screw up in the NFL, too. And they screwed up drastically twice in the uh, most important part of the game last night. Anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch, it's 780-496-0063. You can also, that's to text and email. You can also, uh, or that's to text and phone, pardon me. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. You can also send an email to Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. So the Oilers skated today. And, uh, you know, kind of a weird thing. Like I said, a couple days off. Practice yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some things turning around here for the Oilers. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're 6-3 and three with Chris Knobloch as the head coach. And since Knobloch became the head coach, 89.2% on the penalty kill. And uh, he was asked about the resurgence of the PK. Well, I think uh, I've mentioned it before. I think Stewie's doing a really good job on getting uh, a very clear message across on what to do and what the opposition's uh, planning to do and where their strengths are. Uh, but I think that's a big part of it. Another one is just how dialed in and focused the guys are. And when they did score that goal, you could see the guys upset. They were, oh man, we, we had a streak going. So there's a lot of ownership on that. And I think that's a very important aspect on having something that you're you're good at is you, um, you're invested, you, you know the role, and you're most likely going to be... Um, executing it to your best ability. Well, much better on the PK. They had killed off 20 in a row. They allowed a goal to the Jets in the first period on Thursday. They were shorthanded twice in the second half of the second period. Winnipeg with a chance to go up two. The Oilers did well and held them off. Matias Janmark even had a shorthanded breakaway. I talked about that today. He said the puck was kind of rolling a little bit and he didn't get a great shot away. But still, uh, Yanmark, and a lot of this resurgence in the PK it also coincides with Yanmark uh, coming back from injury, and he says having that good penalty kill can really change the momentum of a game. I mean, you never want to be shorthanded, but I think good teams always always do that. They they gain momentum, and I think individual players, like for myself, when if I'm having a pretty uh, dull game and, and I can get out on the penalty kill and have a good shift that can turn the game around, and I think that goes into the team team play a little bit too. Well, yeah, and it's certainly helping them as well. And uh, Yanmark, you know, he's one of those guys, if he's going to get ice time, he has to do the little things well. He has to grind and he has to kill penalties. And he was talking about learning to be an effective penalty killer. Now I, I learned for sure throughout. Uh, but I think I've always been a two-way player. Uh, always played on the penalty kill uh, back in Sweden. Probably my first year I didn't play too much. The second year I was playing both and then kind of... 
uh, as the years wore on, I, I think it's been more uh, a clear role on the penalty kill. So, I mean, it's something that you can really, really hang on to and, and something uh, that I take pride in now, for sure. All right. Well, yeah, and Yanmark has uh, proven to be very valuable killing penalties as well. Meanwhile, in net, Stuart Skinner doing very well during the four-game winning streak. A 9.31 save percentage, but he admitted today he doesn't worry too much about those kinds of stats. Expected saves and all that stuff, I think uh, the camera can see obviously a lot of it, um, but it's different when you're the guy doing it. Um, I think if you asked picks that or anybody that, I think it would be the same answer. You know, when you're actually down there doing the work, I think it's, uh, you know, there's, there's things that happen on the ice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, stats are great. Um, but uh, I'm not, I try not to be too concerned about it. All right. Well, that's kind of what we've heard from Stuart Skinner over the last couple of years. Very stoic. Get the win. Do your job. Don't worry about any of the noise that comes along with it. All right. Uh, yeah, so there's some headlines today from Oilers practice, getting ready for Carolina coming up on Wednesday. That is the start of a big six-game homestand for the team. We're going to visit uh, with Jed Roberts, former member of the Edmonton football team, coming up next on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Jaguars leading the Bengals 14-7, 2.20 left in the second quarter, Monday Night Football. We got double E alum Jed Roberts on the line. Jed, how have you been, sir? I'm great now. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, it's been long overdue, buddy. Yeah, thanks for checking in tonight. I, I, I don't know if I got you out at an event or coaching or if you're sitting around watching the football game. What's going on? Uh, my kids watching Family Guy. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with my wife in the kitchen. And we're just uh, enjoying each other's company. I got a rare day off from work, so it's all good in the hood. Okay, <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> you'll have to you'll, you have to get a second TV jet so you can watch all the football. Oh, buddy, you have no idea, man. There's four TVs here. And usually, all of them are tied up, so I uh, I have to move from room to room. It's stick and move, man. That's my theory. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, hey, uh, I want to catch up on a few things with you. Uh, I know the Grey Cup was a couple weeks ago. What a game, though. I mean, that was action and drama front to back. I thought. Yeah, it's everything you want a great cup to be, you know. Um, and I remember, I remember um, going in, people were like, "Oh, you know, the, the the bombers," and you know, I don't, I don't, I think people are confused about what a dynasty really is. <laughs> you know, I mean, dynasty doesn't mean you go to the great cup. Dynasty means you win it a whole bunch of times, right? So, you know, the bombers have done a good job of being in the game, but they haven't always closed the deal, right? So. When they were going in, I, I had a funny feeling about Montreal, and uh, I just couldn't put my finger on it. But um, I predicted Montreal to win, and, and man, was that ever a good game! You know, like they're and, and what the difference was is their interior play of their uh, their two inside guys on Mondo and uh, the rookie kid that they got in there. They just controlled um, the line of scrimmage, and Montreal's O line did the same thing. Uh, to Winnipeg, so and they were running right at Jefferson. And that's one thing about Jefferson as an edge guy. He's, his weakness is if you you can run on him because he's not uh, he's not you know too terribly um, 
coach used to say large in the uh, rear end area there. Right. He's a little bit light in the, in the rear end area there, so you can run right at him. And so they were doing that, and, and they did a good job of, of just mixing it up with play action. And, uh, you know, that's one of the best games I've ever seen a quarterback play there, especially toward the end there. He just took over. Fajardo had a great game. So it's just an awesome game. That's all you really want. You want the great cup to be exciting, and it was that much more. Yeah, for sure. Um, football, I don't know, how much NFL uh, do you watch? you watch a lot? Do you dabble? Oh, I watch a lot. I watch a ton oh, of it. Okay, I, I so is it like are the Niners that I do think the AFC is deeper than the NFC personally, but I don't know who's touching the Niners in the NFC now after that performance yesterday. Well, it's funny because the Eagles went out and picked up uh, Shaquille Leonard, right, who uh, got waived by the Colts. And uh, which isn't a bad move, uh, provided Leonard's back can hold up. I think he's had a couple of back surgeries. Um, but he was MVP, defensive MVP, right? He's, he's an all-pro. And, you know, if he can play up to the level that he was playing at, it's a little bit baffling that the Colts would wait, would let him go. But maybe it was a money move. Who knows? But um, the Eagles really need to do something because that – 49ers offense, you know, they've just got so many weapons. Like Debo was was rolling and McCaffrey and, you know, it's just like death by a thousand cuts. You know, you never know who's going to get the ball. And Brock Purdy, that's the difference right there. And Debo even said it, you know, if we had Brock Purdy in the the playoffs last year and and again playing against the Eagles, it's probably a different story. And I think he's right because Purdy was uh, threading a needle there and he, he really took over the game there toward the end. Especially after that security guy uh, <laughs> got, so, got involved on the sideline, I'm like, "Don't poke the bear!" And then sure enough, the Niners just ran away with it after that. So, so, so what? What did you like? I, I know you told the story about throwing that one guy's shoe that one time, but that was a player <laughs> in the game. Like, did you ever take part in or witness an altercation between a player and an off-field personnel? Uh. You know, none really come to mind off the top of my head. I know that it's happened. I, the one that comes to mind really is when uh, Winnipeg, the last game of the season, when all those guys, I think it was BC, they went up into the stands there in Winnipeg Stadium and had the big fight. Um, but, I mean, it happens. Uh, the thing about that is, is like, you're, you're kind of outnumbered. Like, I don't know why you'd want to do that, right? Like, especially in a place like Philly. And the guy's the head of security, so he obviously knows what he's doing. So I'm not sure if uh, if uh, Greenlaw knew what he was doing or who he was tangling with. Because I'm sure that guy, he's Italian, so he's probably got some friends, too. So Is that, uh, like, if, if you were... Like I know it, it's it's heat of the moment, but as someone who played the game, would you kind? And I know he's a security guy, and he's probably tougher than maybe some of the players. But are you kind of like, come on, man? Like, know your place. Like, you can't get involved with a player no matter what. Yeah, or how do you, you feel? You know, and that's not what he's paid to do, right? Like, he he can do that when there's uh, the game is over and there's people running around. But when the game's on, man, just stand back and let the coaches coach and. You know, the referees let them control the game or whatever. I don't know. I think the guy maybe he's going to probably get a hefty fine and he might even get suspended. There's probably a possibility he could lose his job altogether, depending on how mad uh, Goodell is about the whole situation. Uh, the NFL is kind of funny about stuff like that. They don't like image image issues, and that's uh, that could border on that. So I was just curious to see what's gonna, how that's going to play out. But, yeah, if you're not – on, if you're not a coach or if you're not a, a player, like you really should, probably should just stay off that white line and just you know let things go. And 
I know, uh, I mean, it's, it's happened before where guys like stuck his foot out and tripped a player while they're running right. for a touchdown. I've seen that happen before. And boy, they don't like that happen. Either. No. So that kind of goes along those sort of lines, right? Like you just don't see that thing, hap- that sort of thing happening very often. And when it does, the league's usually pretty quick to remedy it. So. You, you know, Jet, how much of some of the, I don't know if concepts is the right word, that, that we're now seeing in the NFL was how the CFL was playing. Like, the NFL has accepted mobile quarterbacks. They they got a lot of plays that look for run after catch. Are, are you kind of like the NFL is is adopting a bit of a more wide-open game that the CFL and American College Ball have been using for a while? Do you know what I'm getting oh, at? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and I mean, you, we were talking about the 49ers. They were running that fly sweep. That came from, uh, from Pete Lavarado. Like uh, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh sat down with Pete Laborato, who was a safety here and was a high school coach in Sherwood Park. And then he actually coached here for a little bit with the Edmonton Football Club. And then he was down in California coaching high school. And they ran that fly sweep. And he brought that down from Canada, which is, it was running in, in Sherwood Park there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the offense here is wide open. And, and if you look at Miami's offense, and there's other teams that are running it now, they run that motion now where they send Hill laterally or A-chain laterally just before the snap, and then he's got a, a head of steam. And then there's people kind of saying, well, you can't really do that because what that does is if you've got a speedster, he's already in motion, so all he has to do is cut on a dime and he's gone, right? It's better than going from the standstill. So these little innovations that they're doing is just mirroring and mimicking what we've been doing here ever since the late 80s, early 90s. You know, Flutie, if Flutie comes up out of uh, Boston College today, he dominates the NFL because this stuff is tailor-made for him. Like, all of the so fast-break football is all it is. And the rules favor the quarterbacks now. You can't even breathe on them now. So you get a flag. Like, it doesn't really matter if you actually hurt him or if you actually did do something wrong. The benefit of the doubt's always going to the quarterback now. So... Well, I saw I saw that last night that hit on Mahomes where he wasn't actually out of bounds. That shouldn't have been a penalty, no. but it, it yeah, got called. But they're so, going to call it every time, especially with a guy like Mahomes. Like they're just not going to leave anything to chance because ain't nobody going to games watching that guy playing defense. They're going to the games watching Mahomes, so they're going to protect the golden goose. <laughs> okay, uh, I asked Justin Lawrence this question when he was on a couple weeks ago after winning the Grey Cup. He's an offensive lineman. I asked him about the brotherly shove that Philadelphia uses. You're a, you were a defensive player. Uh, do you like that? Like it's it's a quarterback sneak, but with more beef because you got the guys from behind as well. Uh, do you like the play? Should they outlaw it? What do you think? Well, I think they will outlaw it. I think. Uh Goodell's gone on record as saying that he doesn't like it because it's a rugby move, right? And it's actually very clever. Uh, it ain't cheating if it's not technically, you know, flag-worthy. They're going to do it until they tell them they can't do it. So uh, I think right now it's it's genius. I don't know any offensive coordinator that wouldn't have it in their playbook, especially when you're on the goal line because points win games, right? So it's better to get six points than three points. And if you can get a little bit of help from your running backs or fullbacks, if I'm uh, – if I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm pick. I'm putting two of my biggest backup linemen. I'm putting them behind them and pushing them in there, like to make them call it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, the tush push. <laughs> my wife even knows what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I like brotherly shove a little bit better. Yeah. Well, then Green Bay did it, and the commentators were calling it the love shove because Jordan the loves love the quarterback. <laughs> so yeah, it's got it's got a bunch yeah. of different names. And I'm just like, yeah, in Canada, we just call it the quarterback sneak. But though, again, we don't shove the quarterback from behind, right? So anyway, no, I don't think. We're 
allowed to do it up here. Yeah, there's different rules in terms of how you can propel the ball carrier, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's actually technically a penalty because it is a rugby move. It's almost like a, you know, when you got that big, you know, scrum of guys and you're just shoving and you're trying to, you know. Yeah. I don't know what they call it. There's a word for it. I can't remember. Stunting or something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, you can't. You can push the pile, but you can't actually propel the ball carrier. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's too a little bit. It's a little bit too coordinated. I think for. Yeah. Goodell's comfort right now. I think he will address it. That'll probably be right at the top of the... Yeah. Uh, or they'll restrict the formation, like how close a yeah. guy can stand yeah. behind the quarterback, you know, without... Yeah. Um, they yeah. May, yeah, they may outlaw the shove altogether. Uh, who knows? So, uh, One more for you. I, I know you're a big Edmonton sports fan in general. The Oilers have won seven of the last ten after that miserable start. Uh, I, and I know you you pay a lot of attention to the nuances of the game and, and the confidence level of, of the players. Are, are you confident it's officially been turned around or where are you at? Well, I think for now, I think, uh, you know, the, the playoff hockey is a different animal, right? And I think that this team right now, the way it's constructed, uh, especially without um, uh, Bugstad and um, Costin, like those two guys were playoff guys. Like they were, you, the game is more physical when it comes to playoffs. And right now I think that, you know, you've got Evander Kane who leads the entire NHL and hits. Um and but they don't really have anybody else on their team that does that, right? Like they need more physical play. They need a a, a bottom six uh, center who's a face-off specialist because puck possession is so important. They need a top four D-man and a, a goalie. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to get it. I think if I was making moves, I would trade Nuge. I would say get rid of your no-trade clause. I'm going to get him while he's getting good. He's never going to be more valuable than he is right now, coming off a hundred-point season. I would go after a guy like. Uh, McAvoy from Boston, or maybe, uh, I don't know, their backup goalie is pretty good there in Boston, too, Swayman. But that's a lot of money between those two guys. Yeah. I don't think we could afford just well, uh, with Nuge. We'd have to send it in back his deal. But, and I don't know if he's I don't know if he was waving to leave, right? But that's, yeah. I don't, uh, I, I, I'm with you on Bukestad. I, 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 I just don't think they couldn't have paid Costin 2.1 or $2 million. Oh, I agree. He's I agree. Not, I agree. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I, I liked a lot of things he did, but I thought he was too inconsistent. But you're right. I think they could use a little bit of beef. And I don't know what they're yeah. going to do about a goaltender. But the, Skinner can't play. Skinner's doing great lately. But you're right. He can't yeah, play he every is. game. Yes, but we need. I don't know if Pickford's the guy. Like you know, I mean, I. Well, no, he's a career minor idea. leaguer, right? He'll work hard. Yeah. Like he plays his yeah. guts out. But yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I don't know. Jed, so. I'll let you get back to Family Guy or football. Let's do this again soon, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, the, the last thing I'll say about the Oilers is uh, guys that are kind of physically timid, like Nuges, they don't win championships. Like, And that's just, you have that in your lineup, and he can't drive his own line, what are you paying him $5 million for? You know what I mean? So I just like news does a lot of things well, but playoff hockey's not one of them. So I think that's the need. They need to address that all before they can actually become serious cup contenders in my eyes. So. All right. Jed, we'll see you around. All right. Take care. Jed Roberts checking in, double E alum, a wide-ranging conversation. Always love chatting with him. More Inside Sports after the news and weather.